0: star wars 7x7 episode 2331 after a couple of equipment malfunctions (laughs) we're back on track here and finally finally i get to share the mandalorian briefing on the heiress which is chapter 11 or episode 3 from season 2 if you prefer punch it Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, as I go through this briefing on The Mandalorian Season 2, Chapter 3, which is entitled The Heiress, or Chapter 11, if you prefer, we're going to also clear up a couple of, I don't know if I would go so far as to say misconceptions, but the possible speculation situations that turned out not to be the case, and in particular... It has to do with the moon Trask, where the Mandalorian and the child find themselves at the beginning of the episode delivering the Frog Lady and her eggs to their intended destination. So in what seems like a very long time ago, but it's probably really only a month or two, when the trailer for The Mandalorian came out, we were presented, without context of course, Shots of a dock with Mon Calamari and Quarren working as longshore people. And then, of course, the giant boat sailing out into an open ocean. And so, there was reason to speculate the possibility that this was Mon Cala, Especially considering that Mon Cala is a planet that is, eh, you know, not too far away from Mandalore. Which, you know, there's every reason to think that some of the action is going to center on Mandalore since Moff Gideon has the Darksaber, saber, Right? Well, turns out it's not Mon Cala, it's the Moon Trask where of course the Mandalorian is delivering Frog Lady to meet her husband and with eggs intact thankfully. And the promised line on more Mandalorians is legit. It requires the Mandalorian to get on a ship that is being operated by a bunch of Koran. Now, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but You know, I have to say (laughs) that the moment he was on his ship with Quarren, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop because Quarren have a history of not being very trustworthy. And so I was practically shouting at the screen, no, don't do it, don't do it. And of course, when things went bad, I was like, yeah, it's happening again. The Quarren betray." our Mandalorian hero and the child horribly by smacking the pram into the mouth of a Leviathan which incidentally, this is turning into a bit of a trend we've had a giant monster in every single episode of the season so far whether it was the crate Dragon in the first episode or the giant spider in the second episode and now we have this Leviathan sea creature so this is getting to be sort of an interesting thing that's happening it'll be interesting to see if it continues on through the rest of the season. But The Mandalorian and The Child are rescued by the arrival of the long-rumored and finally-confirmed Bo-Katan and Katie Sackhoff playing Bo-Katan, which is very exciting to see that come to fruition and early on in the season. And one of the things that we get pretty quickly is a very fascinating explanation for the whole helmet on, helmet off thing and the fact that apparently our Mandalorian is a child of the Watch, which is a separate splinter cult of Mandalorians that are considered religious zealots by the likes of Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan was part of Death Watch, and so I would say that was a rather you know, zealot-like organization in their own right, but clearly, I guess there are levels of zealotry even within Mandalorian culture. And additionally for me, luckily, the whole pronunciation thing has been settled so Kreese, like freeze is how you pronounce Bo-Katan's last name. Same with the Duchess Satine Kreese, okay? And the mystery of Sasha Banks has also been settled. Sasha Banks is credited by her real name, Mercedes Varnado in the end credits and she plays a Mandalorian named Kaska Reeves. So even after the assist with the Quarren, our Mandalorian Din does not want anything to do with these Mandalorian and takes off with the child ungrateful. Well, I mean, he was a little bit grateful, I guess. And he's even more grateful when they come to his rescue again on the docks late at night. So grateful that he actually agrees to do a job with them to steal Mandalorian weapons off a Gazanti-class cruiser, an Imperial cruiser that happens to be docked right there. And so other scenes that we saw in the trailer of stormtroopers running through a corridor and the camera angle is tilted so that way it's not, you know, flat surface or anything like that, that also has been revealed too. So we are really clearing up a lot of the stuff that we already saw in the trailer and... You know how it turned out, they you know took down the cruiser. The cult like behavior of where the empire is now with Moff Gideon saying, You know what to do and long live the Empire, and the captain of the Gazanti class cruiser shooting his two you know guys in the cockpit and then trying to crash the ship himself. That's really interesting to see where that is headed to because now we have Moff Gideon who has a lot tighter control on what seems to be a very fanatical Imperial Rem. And then, of course, we get the huge reveal at the end of the episode as well, the name drop of Ahsoka Tano and where our Mandalorian can find him. So that, of course, is another thing that's been rumored for Season 2 of The Mandalorian for quite a while. And, you know, how that all pans out, obviously, is still to be revealed. I was having a conversation with someone about where chapter four is going to go, and yes, I know that this briefing is actually dropping the same day that chapter four comes out, but obviously, I'm recording it in advance. The state of the Razor Crest suggests to me that there's no way that the Mandalorian can get to Ahsoka Tano. And feel comfortable about the state of the Razor Crest in the shape that it's in. I really, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it, that I feel like he's going back to Navarro for chapter four for repairs and checking in on you know, the rest of the storyline and bringing in other characters, especially since Carl Weathers is directing chapter four. So, you know, it seems like it would be odd to me to consider the possibility that Carl Weathers wouldn't appear in chapter four, if he's also directing it, I have a feeling we're going to spend a little more time and we're not necessarily going to get to Ahsoka until chapter five, because Dave Filoni is directing chapter five of this season. Now, there's something that's kind of funny about the title of the episode and the way the... Final confrontation goes down between Bo-Katan and this Imperial captain. And I'll explain that in just a second. Do just want to give a quick shout out to Feeding America in this particular holiday season here in the United States. If you have the ability to do so, please check out feedingamerica.org and look up information on your local food bank and see what they need and see what you might be able to do to help people in need in your area. Again, feedingamerica.org. So here's the thing that's odd about the title of the episode. The heiress, it's implying Bo-Katan is the heiress about whom the episode is titled, right? And whoever is wielding the dark saber is supposed to be the person who is on the throne of Mandalore. Alright, so that said, Bo-Katan was the last person who had possession of the Darksaber as far as we knew until we saw it in Moff Gideon's hands at the end of Season 1 of The Mandalorian. So the presumption is that Bo-Katan is the heiress, but the fact that she had to ask the Imperial Captain whether Moff Gideon, you know, by implication, had the Darksaber suggests that she's kind of been on a hunt for it, but that she hasn't been certain the whole time who took it which suggests that when she lost it, it may not have been lost to Moff Gideon, and, you know, whether it was just lost, lost, period, and ultimately ended up in Moff Gideon's hands, or whether it was lost and then traveled through a succession of people until it got to Moff Gideon, that is still to be revealed. But it's not a clean line, and that, I think, is particularly interesting, because it leaves a lot of room for storytelling to happen between, what is it, uh, 2 BBY when she had the Darksaber, and here we are in 10 ABY, so 12 years later. And hopefully there will be more answers soon, because Sasha Banks has said in interviews, she's talked about her episodes, quote unquote, plural, not singular, so that does suggest that we have not seen the last Bo-Katan and her Night Owls. And that is where we are going to stop with the Mandalorian briefing on the Aris. And I can't wait to see what happens today when the new episode drops. And we'll talk about that directly tomorrow. So there won't be any waiting like there was this time around. For now, though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.